Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We are out of town for the July 4th weekend, so instead of our normally scheduled episode, we are going to be re-dropping a couple of interviews that we did last year at KamariCon 2018 with Justin Briner, Lauren Landa, and Lucian Dodge. So let's go ahead and jump in. This is KumariCon 2018, and who are we sitting down with now? Hi, everyone. My name is Justin Briner. All right. Justin, you are a voice actor. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the roles that people might recognize you from? Yeah, uh, I started around the, the simuldub era at Funimation. So that's, uh, I got my start doing like Seraph of the End, and since then have done uh, Nanbaka, Drifters, uh, Space Patrol Luluko, Cardcaptor Sakura, Ooh. and My Hero Academia. Mm. Right. Uh, I'm going to get into that last one sure. in a second. But oh, you've heard of that? Yeah. I have. Once oh, great. Cardcaptor Sakura. Yes. What did you do on that? I played um, Yukito and Yue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a childhood favorite of mine. Oh, so good. No, he was, uh, what, Julian started. back then, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so My Hero Academia, that definitely caught our attention. We were mm-hmm. both watching it, although I'm not caught up, so I don't know what happens. Yeah. I okay. don't know what happens after Hero Killer Stain stuff. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a little binging to do. But super behind. <laughs> I'm curious what it is like to be the, the main character on the Zeitgeist anime. I, I mean, it's it's a little insane. Um, That's good. When we first started the the project, everyone, uh, our producers and everything, were telling us that it's probably going to be a pretty big deal. Uh, so you know, we 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 um, put a lot into it, and then uh, it didn't really take off right away. Uh, it started through our like our streaming service, so it wasn't accessible to everyone right away. But then like season two hit. And more people heard wind of it, and now suddenly it's it's this huge explosive anime. Yeah, uh, and it uh, it's just really cool. Like it's it's allowed me uh, opportunities to come out to conventions like this and and talk to like minded folks and see what they like about the show and and share in in that. Uh, so it sort of enriches my understanding of the character. And uh, but there's also sort of a pressure that they want me to know everything about the show. So I try to keep up on on the developments and everything and yeah. just stay on top of it. So, um, what is it that led you into voice acting in the first place? I've always, I've always loved it, whether or not I kind of realized I did or not. Uh, but I grew up doing like stage and musical theater. That was always sort of my passion. My, my parents got me into it when I was very, very young. Um, and I studied it up through high school, did like community and children's theater and all that. I really cool. loved it. Uh, so I knew I wanted to do something like entertainment or performative. And, uh... So there was a, a point where I was like, well, okay, where am I going to take this career? Where, where should it, where's like a safe place to hedge my bets? And I thought, uh, well, all these cartoons and these video games that meant so much to me growing up, there's really, really super talented folks behind all that. And I, I'd really like to take what I've learned and try to apply it there. So I started getting into it, started learning a little bit, and then I moved out to Texas to finish up college. And a friend of mine uh, sent my information along to Funimation. I had like a general audition maybe a year or so later, and then they started calling me in for, for parts. Awesome. Yeah. That's a much more whirlwind story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of came Because you said you started in the Simuldub era, which is yes. recent. Yeah, I would say like uh, maybe four years ago now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's you're super recent. Yeah, yes. that's pretty awesome. So you, you're basically a meteoric star. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, thank you. No, I, it's, it's really has uh, escalated. And um, uh, I just, I think I hit it at a right time. I yeah. have a, a sort of a voice type that not many other people can match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they were able to fit me into a lot of different places. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So um, well, we're at an anime convention. So mm-hmm. what is it like as a voice actor um, not just for my hero, but in general, your experience going to an anime convention and what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's it's really wonderful because it, really the only reason I get to go out to these is because fans want to see me and they want people to represent the shows that they like, uh, and it's really cool. You know, My Hero Academia is off, uh, often the the most popular one that people come to see me for, but there's pretty much any role that I've had throughout the past few years, there is someone who will inevitably come up and say, hey, this your work in this show was really awesome and I, I loved it. Uh, and, I'll, you know, I'm very thankful for that. I, I really like people who, who see all parts of the catalog of my work. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just really great to interact with fans and see what what resonated with them like what shows are are important to them what characters really meant something to them and uh the more i talk to them the more i learn and it's really cool yeah is this your first time coming to this con correct yeah it's my first time in oregon cool Mm -hmm. okay how many have you done in the past year since doing my hero (laughs) (laughs) right i i I haven't 
tallied the numbers yet, uh, <laughs> but this year I must have He's traveled. He's running the books. Right. <laughs> I swear I've traveled more this year than I have in like my whole life. So I must have yeah. gone to maybe 15 conventions as a low ball. Maybe I've hit 20 by now. That's awesome. It's, Lord. It is. You're exploded. Like a full-time voice actor and a full-time Right. Yeah. yeah, I go. I do my, my voicing through the week. Then I, I go to the airport on Thursday and <laughs> then I come back and do it again. That's awesome. Good totally. Lord. So I know that's... Uh, oh, God. I have like two different questions in two directions. I think um, <laughs> with... Uh, We'll take a break from the process here for a second. Just talk about anime in general. You talk about people telling you, like, oh, this part was really special to me, or this anime, I loved it. Are there anime that you really love or parts that you really love, either that you've acted in or not? Sure. I mean, uh, there are definitely... Let me preface, I love every part that I get to play. I always, you know, part of my personal process is finding a part of myself in these characters, no matter what. So they're all very dear to me. Mm -hmm. um, but there are definitely some I could say are maybe especially meaningful. You know, I played Mikaela and Seraph at the end, and that was one of my very first uh, named roles. I was just getting started in the industry, basically, and uh, the director who first saw me uh, come into Funimation for the audition, Jerry Jewell, he, you know, gave me a part and sort of trusted me with this responsibility. And that, you know, that meant a lot to me. So I didn't want to let anyone down there. Um, My Hero Academia obviously has, has afforded me the opportunity to get out to events like this, mm. uh, which is, you know, its own reward. And then, yeah, maybe something like Space Patrol Luluco. I played a uh, Nova in that. That was cool because I am a fan of all the Trigger properties to begin with, but mm. it was also uh, directed by Chris Bevins, who that was one of the last projects he had at Funimation before moving out to uh, Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, he was also someone who gave me a lot of uh, opportunities starting out and, and really pushed me and challenged me to, uh, to grow. So that's, that, you know, it's really kind of a nice uh, bookend to, cool. to that part of my career. And Funimation's in Texas, is that right? Yes, uh -huh. Okay. okay. I did um, not know that. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a personal connection from San Francisco days that used to work there. So oh, wow. I okay. had that little tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should probably talk to him about being on our show, but whatever. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so epiphanies I, while in the middle of a conversation with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're great, but we have this. Oh, no, I understand that. Please. Uh, so um, I think, uh, I mean, I'm definitely most familiar with Deku mm -hmm. and that, you know, two seasons or so of content that I've seen. Yes. Deku's super emotional and sort of a deep character, even, I would say, by anime standards, yeah. um, especially shonen anime standards. Yes. Yeah. So you, with an acting background, what is it like to tackle that, um, that part and what's your process when you're preparing for um, a voice acting gig? It was, I mean, it's, Deku, as you said, is someone who uh, not only wears his emotions on his sleeve, but it's never portrayed as, like, a weakness of his. Yeah. So it, that was really fun to dig into and, and sort of figure out, okay, why, why is he dealing with these feelings of inadequacy and feelings of self-worth? Well, it's because people are telling him he cannot do the one thing that he wants to do. And one way or another, growing up as, as like someone in the creative industry, you do face those challenges. You struggle with your, your self-worth, feelings of inadequacy, and, and trying to convince yourself that you really can go out and do it. Uh, so there's, there's you know that little connection there. But I always try to, when I'm approaching a character, uh, find a little piece of myself in them, see where I relate to them. And from there, you can usually answer the, uh, the rest of the questions like, OK, what do they want? Where are they going? Where's the story leading them? Um, so I always just try to, uh, I don't try to over-research or anything. I just, uh, I, I really trust in my directors to lead me down the path, and then I fall back on my training to uh, to do, like, the more technical aspects of it, like matching the, the lip flaps and uh, and just making sure the timing and everything is all right. Uh, yeah, otherwise, I, I just try to make it as, as real and, and human as possible because... These stories uh, aren't, aren't necessarily like your Western animation, where uh, they're, they're pretty mature and, and they tell they don't talk down to their audiences. So I just want to make sure that it's it's truthful and that people can relate to these these really powerful characters. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, are are you working? Um, I I never know how this exactly works because I, I I haven't seen a lot of behind the scenes stuff, mm -hmm. um, especially with a large cast show like My Hero, um, are there a lot of people inside of the booth at the same time, um, or is it kind of like a like a split cut of lots of people working 
different times. Yeah, it's it's actually all very solitary. Uh, okay. I, I only record by myself, so it's only, you know, me, the director, and and our engineer in the room Whoa. at any given point. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, we take the script chronologically. Uh, sometimes there will be characters that have recorded before me, so I get to sort of act off of what they've already uh, laid down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm the first one in, so I have to sort of set the tone with the director and make sure that there is a adequate space for the other actors to come in and act with me. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's it's all sort of, it's very, it's a very unique process. It's very like, not at all what I grew up doing with theater where, where you had that sort of cast community. Mm -hmm. um, you were always around them no matter what. You could yeah. go backstage and say, hey, uh, it's it's different with with ADR dubbing because you 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 know you know people you work with people but sometimes you don't see them sometimes you just pass them through the halls and you're like hi let's catch up whenever you're free which is okay. never uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you know there there is still that sense of camaraderie we all really work hard to make the shows the best that we can and. Uh, so whenever we get to go to the conventions like these, uh, sometimes it may be my very first opportunity to like chat and meet these people in my cast that I've been working oh, with for three years. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> we caught a little bit of the panel that you guys did. Mm -hmm. um, we needed to leave to go cover some other stuff. Yeah, uh, like twenty minutes in, but we caught uh -huh. a little bit of that. And um, you guys had a, a pretty decent camaraderie, I would yeah. say at least. So is it like what they're like? co-workers in the office or something but not like people that you're castmates with or something how i mean what's that experience like or how often do you hang out or socialize with each other um i mean we try especially when we're home but our schedules are so erratic usually that it, it can be tough uh, but yeah. when we go out to events like these i like to try to make time to go grab dinner somewhere local and catch up mm -hmm. or something like that even with like Bakugo's voice actor. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, and and I travel the most with him usually. So so okay. that's <laughs> totally. Mike's um, fangirling in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he was like card capture soccer, and then he like clutched yeah. the pearls. <laughs> very formative. It was around Digimon and Pokemon times. So. I loved card captures as a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a good show. Yeah. A mystic adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't watched that show. <laughs> It's good. It's the Japanese version, especially, is very slow. So if you like slice of life Japanese children's lives and then some magical action at the end, you'll like it. And if you don't, watch the American version. I'm just gonna let that sink in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, what other kind of um, like media properties are you super into? Um, I really love video games. I've been playing those since I was a kid. Basically, uh, you know, I had the classic. NES growing up mm -hmm. uh, and I followed that throughout that's always been very inspiring for me and I like to keep track of like now especially that I have friends in the industry who are in these games I'm like oh my gosh that's awesome yeah uh, and uh, I like I like to watch um, television I, I, I like you know Netflix catching up on that uh, I, I think it's really vital as an actor to consume a lot of media just to make mm -hmm. sure uh, you're staying fresh and current with the vocabulary and everything. You watch people's performances, and as you learn more, you can sort of be like, oh, I see what they're doing. I, yeah. That's an interesting choice. I don't know if I'd have made that. Yeah. Or, you know, even if you're watching something you don't necessarily like, you can still look at it and say, well, if I were doing that, what would I have done? How would right. I have changed things? And, and where would that have led fun. us? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it got more insane and technical for me when I started doing, like, editing, like, yeah. freelance work. Yes. And I was just like, oh, when you start seeing, like, the, the quick cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And now when I'm watching anime, too, I'm, like, watching the director and the <laughs> angles that they're putting, like, the camera inside of quotation marks yeah. over the characters. It's just like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are, you see, so you do, you've also done a lot of video games, too. And that plays a, a part in your life personally, too. So mm -hmm. would you talk a little bit about that experience and how it differs from, like, voice acting for a television show? Totally, yeah. Um, I mean, especially for, for dubbing work, it's all, everything is done beforehand. You know, you get the visuals, you get the music, and you can sort of feel where, where it swells and everything and follow that. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of elements already there that can help you out. Uh, with video games, it's quite different. Uh, and I have, uh, you know, much more limited experience with them, but usually uh, you get sort of a description of your character, you'll have all the lines, uh, they're out of context, so you sort of have to, it's a lot of, like, guesswork. Mm -hmm. They're out of con. that's surprising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's like what we heard when we were interviewing before, and they were like, yeah, sometimes you don't know who you're playing yep. because you have a code name. Oh, and yeah, like, right. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So, yeah, and, and you know, that that is a struggle. I really do like to have the information because it, it's helpful, but yeah. uh, it's also sort of 
a freeing experience to just be like, well, I'll just do whatever they say, and if they don't like it, I'm sure they'll ask for it again. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll get the lines, and we'll, we'll usually give like three or so takes just to keep them different, and, and uh, so they have options when they're compiling everything, um, and that's, that's about it. <laughs> okay. Um, I kind of back to a question I thought of earlier and then forgot about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so good at this. No. He's like so scatterbrained right now. I, yeah, we did not asleep a lot last night. So, um, with uh, recording specifically an episode of an anime or like a season or some some period of time in the show's universe and mm-hmm. the, in the consumptive of it, how does that relate to the amount of time that it takes for you as an actor to to act those scenes? Um, you know, it, it, it varies depending on how easy the voice or difficult the voice uh, sits in my, my uh, wheelhouse. But uh, I would say, let's see, they, they have like a, a mathematic equation basically when they are, are compiling and counting all the lines in a certain episode that, you know, X amount of lines and Y amount of, of reaction noises usually equals Z hours of recording. Okay. Uh, so, so when they get the scripts, they're able to compile that, and it goes to our talent coordinator, who says, "Okay, Justin needs four hours for this episode." Huh. Um, and then there's you know people who I've worked with for a long time. Awesome. Uh, the the director Colleen and I have sort of a, a joke together that no matter how long I have to record for an episode, we'll be done in two hours. Whether I'm booked for two hours or booked for seven hours, we'll be done in two. Uh, we just have a good work ethic and a just good rapport together. You have that like mental. Oh yeah, yeah. Grant Scott Summers, like you know what you're thinking. Exactly. We we have a, a link, a connection together, and we both are very familiar with the material, so we're able to be like, okay, so this is what's happening here. Uh, cool, cool, and we go from there. Uh, yeah, and and so usually, you know, I, I have a couple hours for an episode, and I go in and record the whole thing, and that's it. Uh, and then, because of the simul dubbing, that just goes week to week. So we'll have okay, you have X hours this week, and plan on having this many hours next week. Uh, and it used to be when we were doing uh, home video releases, and sometimes we still do them, uh, but they're more of a rarity nowadays. Then you could be like, you look at the uh, show as a whole and say, okay, you have this many lines in all twelve episodes. So total, we need you for twenty hours, and we'll okay. say what windows of time these next couple weeks can you come in. Okay, so you just record the entire show over like a two or three week period. Yes. Okay, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, and then, like, uh, I don't know if this has changed since you have a, a bigger role in a bigger show now, mm. but how many parts are you playing simultaneously, or how much overlap is there? Uh, it, it, again, it, it sort of varies. Uh, there are um, seasons where I'm in all kinds of shows, and then seasons where uh, I'm in very limited amounts of stuff. Uh, and it's just sort of, you know, up to the the whims of the directors who are who get their shows, and they uh, they want to either you know expose new talent or or want to work with people they haven't worked with in a while, or uh, there's I don't know there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but usually, usually I have uh, at least the seasons of My Hero Academia to count on, and sometimes they'll be a little lighter in the workload because I, I guess they don't want to strain my voice too much or stress me out too much. Okay. Um, but then there are, you know, I had seasons, uh, especially maybe like a year or two ago, where I was in, you know, seven or eight shows at once as, as like pretty major characters. So okay. that's, that's also a, a challenge of like, how do I <laughs> yeah. keep my energy and, and make sure that each of these characters has their own sort of uh, feeling and energy? And it, so... I don't know. <laughs> keeping a lot of balls in exactly. the air. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I really trust my directors for that. Yeah. I say, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever have to be like, can you play back what I did last time so I know what voice I'm using? That's pretty common, actually. Yeah, I, I would say most directors save a reference from the first episode or so just okay. to be like, all right, so you're back this week. Here's how you sounded last week and go. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like I all I'm imagining now is just like the the Ricky Morty behind stage and like him doing those two characters at the exact same time yeah. and I'm just like what is wrong what is going through his head it's just, it's just yeah. <laughs> for real he's doing like eighty characters <laughs> and then he's doing that episode where he's literally the Rick just and Morty world yeah. and just doing Rick and Morty yeah, yeah, the yeah. entire time God that show's great okay so uh, I uh, you, how many other <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other burning questions since we're almost out of time? Yeah, we're, we're almost out. Um, I, I don't really have any burning questions. Okay. Um, I, I would definitely say, though, that um, it's, it's, it's really cool to, to meet somebody who's 
who's really young and upcoming inside of the, the process. You. Yeah. Um, so, that's yeah. kind of a congratulations moment. Oh, this feels weird. I don't like it. It's, <laughs> it's like singing happy birthday. To oh, someone. thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I do appreciate that. It's, it's really, you know, it's, uh, my career has come such a long way in such a short amount of time. So I, but I'm so grateful for it. I really love the work I get to do. It's always such a joy to go into the studio to record. And I, I, I like I said, I always knew I wanted to do something where I get to perform and entertain mm -hmm. folks. So this ended up being such a, a really great fit for me. And I, I'm just very thankful for that. Awesome. Yeah. Such yeah. a good note to end on. So <laughs> for people that are listening, if they want to follow you on social media or follow your work, what's the best way to do that? Totally. Uh, I'm most active on Twitter. And uh, this is a tough one, so hear me out. I'm at Justin Briner. Okay. <laughs> uh, really difficult. Yeah. If you have any trouble with that, just go to IMDb and look exactly. at My Hero Academia. It's not going to be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> cool. This was great. Justin, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Thanks. All right. Here we are at KumoriCon. Yet another interview today. Um, would you mind introducing yourself for our listeners? I guess. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, this is Lauren Landa. I'm a voice actress from Los Angeles. And I don't know why I'm looking at the microphone, because I don't need to look at the microphone. But there's no else for me to look at. So this is judgment-free zone. <laughs> Total judgment-free zone. But yeah, so uh, that that's me. And I'm here at KumoriCon 2018. And I'm here with... Spencer and Blake. Blake. Sorry, I, I have a brain for Hi. We just guys. met, so. I, we literally just met. The best so. thing about it is we're literally wearing our name yeah, tags. I know, but I'm not wearing my glasses, so I'm like blind. Yeah, right, and it's an audio only format. So. Right, exactly. And you guys can't see this, obviously, because it is audio format. Spencer has these bright blue eyes and like these long lashes. It's ridiculous. It's like, girl. Did you get eyelash extensive? Oh. Okay. It's okay if you... If it's Obviously, okay. it was very expensive. We don't like to talk about it. <laughs> but, no, they're beautiful. Anyway, so, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Um, so, we, uh, you're our second voice actor that we've talked to so far. Oh, no, no, no. It's awesome. We were actually looking over uh, kind of your resume before we got inside here. We got really excited. Um, yeah. Oh. So, um, I got very, very excited because I just finished the uh, second full season of Seven of the Sense. Yeah. Yes! Um, and uh, you are the voice of Merlin, is yes, that correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, the sin of gluttony. So cool. uh, the boar sin. Merlin is a uh, beast in season two. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we get to figure some things out, but I will not give any spoilers. I Seriously, watch it. Yet. I've watched, but the whole thing or just season two? I've watched season one and then that like mini the season OVA. that they put out. Yes. Yeah, but I have seen okay. season two. You guys need to know this. Blake, you just said it 100% correctly. I want everyone out there to know that Netflix mislabeled everything. Okay? Mm -hmm. So there's season one and then the four episodes are an OVA. They're Tiny. not season two. It's not season two. If they call it season it's two, they're wrong. <laughs> it's I not saw, season two. I got and now, so excited when it said season I two. I know. It got a lot of people excited. And then, yeah. season, and then they have season two labeled as season three it's like guys it's it's not season three <laughs> it's season two anyway that's my rant yeah Sorry. and then the uh, other thing is um uh the other big one that stood out for us was attack on titan yes yes so yes. you are annie lanhart yes who's a minor character that you may see once or quietly twice. humming yeah, attack on titan theme <laughs> anyone really knows her very well. Yeah. She's so insignificant no. to this show. <laughs> yeah. so it, Unless you're you know. like super into Amber and then you're going to figure something out about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, she's just random. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see her at some point soon. I really don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. That's me saying something wishful thinking. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so uh, where, where did you get started uh, doing uh, voice actress work or voice actor work? So I, uh, I've been acting my whole life. I just, I, I think from a young age, I just saw cartoons like Gargoyles and stuff, and I was Good like, choice. I want to act, right? Solid deep cut. Are you guys <laughs> around my age? How old are you guys? I'm So I'm 30. And I'm 29. Yeah. Okay, so we're all the same. I'm 32. I just turned yeah. 30 in June. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of when I got bit with the acting bug. Okay. And that just kind of grew from there. And then when I got to college, I, I got into voiceover professionally, uh, and I've been doing it for about 12 years now. That's Jeez. awesome. So it's I it feels like I started yesterday and honestly I'm I'm hoping that one day they don't realize I actually don't have talent. I'm fooling them all. So, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, no, I really don't have any talent. <laughs> we, we also saw on there as like a we're 
both theater We're degrees. Theater people, uh, yes. theater people. So we saw that you have a lot of uh, theater credits. I do. I. Uh, what's really surprising is I actually went to school to get a theater arts degree. Mm -hmm. But halfway through, I started my voiceover career. So I was like... Well, I already have an acting career, so right. I don't really need my theater arts. But so instead, I continued on and I got a, an associate's degree in arts and sciences just because in, in this economy, mm -hmm. you know, everyone having wants to get a job and having a degree really helps. Yeah. And so I was like, well, God forbid, if the voiceover thing doesn't work out, then I'll have that as a, hey, look at me. But, you know, so... Yeah, but nowadays they want a bachelor's degree, and I'm like, I don't have a bachelor's degree. So yeah. basically, if the voiceover thing doesn't work out, I'm screwed. Yeah, so. <laughs> you have a master's and then a PhD, yeah. and you'll be dead under crushing debt. Then exactly, honestly, exactly. You need to stop getting small parts like. Um, Annie and mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah, little yeah. Teeny, tiny parts. I hope you're listening, studios, because <laughs> those are way too small parts for me. Yeah. So <laughs> that's sarcasm. <laughs> so, um, so you started your career while you were in college. How? Mm -hmm. What is that experience of starting to build? an actual professional resume in the arena where most people are just learning how they might start to build. Sure. It was very surreal because, and I felt very fortunate because that's true. A lot of people to this day still haven't really gotten very far. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, I feel for them and I hope that they can get further, you know, but it was really weird because most people, so it's kind of funny. <clears throat> I was a theater kid my entire life, right? I was like part of the drama club and all that stuff. Um, and in college, there was this group of kids that were always chosen to play the leads in the mm -hmm. school plays. I, I don't know if you guys had that either, like when you were studying theater. Oh, like their name is burned into your brain? Because yes. It's yeah. like because you always lose parts to them? Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that kid. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy, man. Um, yeah. So there were, I mean, they were all very talented with the exception of a couple. It doesn't matter. Um, so I was like, okay, well, whatever. And they were, they were hot shit around campus. Right, uh, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, blah blah blah. But then I kind of had in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, you guys are big shots here. I'm the one that's actually getting out there yeah. and doing the stuff that people are actually watching, not just you know friends and family. Uh, <laughs> so, and and then lo and behold, later on, all of those people, with the exception of like one or two, all reached out to me, like nine years later, and they were like, we heard you got into this. Do you have any advice? I'm like, yes. <laughs> go away <laughs> you know so no not really but uh, I gave them as much advice as I could but it's right. just really ironic and really funny yeah, to me yeah like so. my advice has come back 10 years yeah. ago exactly yeah. like my advice is appreciate everyone around you and don't think you're hot shit when you're really not yeah, that's actually so. really good advice yeah just absolutely just in general in general in life just you know it's one thing to feel confident but it's another to have a huge ego and yeah. to think you're hot shit when you're really not you yeah. know what I mean because the more so you... I refuse to learn. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are hot shit. I can tell. I'm looking <laughs> at you. you. So. <laughs> um, so he's really uh, cl clutching the pearls over there in the corner. Like, oh, well, I'm my, at the dog my... too, so I'm still flustered. <laughs> oh my stars! <laughs> so. Oh, you met Kiba? Oh yeah, so cute. Oh my god, so sweet. Just he's the cutest so sweet. dog. It maybe is on their Facebook page. So listen to the last interview. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what order we're putting these up yeah. in. But... <laughs> so this is an anime convention, an mm -hmm. anime podcast. Mm -hmm. So. Would you mind talking about um, animes that you like and how anime plays into your life? So this is probably one of my favorite interviews because I don't get asked that question a lot. There's a lot of anime shows that I'm, I'm really liking a lot. So not just because I'm in it, but I really do love Attack on Titan. Attack yeah. on Titan is yeah. a great mm -hmm. show. Uh, Sins is awesome. And I yeah. won't lie, the first season for me, I enjoyed. I, I liked it. Um, it didn't start to take off for me until Bon came into the picture because mm. Bon is my anime boyfriend. Um, oh <laughs> no, I'm serious. You're in, so I, I know, right? Off. Exactly. <laughs> I he unfortunately he and Merlin are not a thing, but I do ship him and Elaine like crazy. Yeah, so, so. fanfickers out there, you know, mm -hmm. you've got an audience member. I want to tell you something. I looked, I looked on fanfiction.net <laughs> for Merlin and Bon fanfiction. There was nothing out there. Right, I am so disappointed. Untapped market. Right. <laughs> right? I'm so disappointed. So Sins is great, but the second season is just so 
good. It's so good. And it introduces the Ten Commandments. And mm. it's just and so good. And the lion's in. And you're going yes. to see him. And you're going to be <laughs> freaking out. I'm I know. I'm sorry that I can't participate fully in this. But that, I'm just holding back on the spoilers for you guys. Absolutely. And we won't talk about spoilers. But Sins is an, an amazing show. Uh, my sh- favorite show back in the day was Fushigi Yugi. Okay. That was one of my favorite shows. because That I'm one's a- been recommended to us. Oh, has yeah. it really? Mm-hmm. It's I'm a romantic at heart, right? And that's pretty much what it is. I mean, there's a girl that is a schoolgirl in, in Japan, and she uh, reads a storybook, and she's transported into that world. Okay. It's awesome. It's really cool. So that's like such a classic fairy tale it's plot. It's very mm-hmm. much, it's very Magic Knight Ray Earth. Magic Knight Ray Earth and Fushigi Yugi were around the same time. Okay. So, uh, as you can see, I'm clearly an anime person. Yeah, um, no. Good. <laughs> right people to talk to. <laughs> I know, right? I don't get to watch it as much anymore, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. I work in it so much. But yeah. um, another one um, was uh, Sailor Moon, which Ooh. I'm also in. Um, but really? Sa- yes, oh, I play I Sailor that. Neptune in Sailor Moon, the <laughs> no best media dub of Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's probably going to catch a, a lot of people's attention. <laughs> We've had a lot of people talk to us about Sailor Moon, too. Yeah. Right? Well, like, s- in person, too. They're just like, have you done Sailor Moon yet? No, oh. it's just like, it's forever long. Yeah. We will never stop watching it if we start. <laughs> We've already got two have, So you ones. haven't seen it yet? Uh, I've watched the original Sailor Moon, um, but I haven't watched any of the newer stuff. So so we're, Viz Media has been dubbing the original show, mm. as well as Crystal. So you can go back and watch the original show and Viz Media dubs. So okay. it's it's awesome. It's really great. Um, and I also love the original cast, too. Like, I've met plenty of people from the original Canadian M, and they're all wonderful, fantastic mm. people. Um, and they really also, what's really cool is we all appreciate each other's work, yeah. you know? Like, it's not it's not awkward or anything. It's more like, oh, well, good job with this, you know, and good job with that. You know, I grew up with your boys. Oh, well, you're going to be someone else's childhood, you know what I mean? That's so it's awesome. really cool. Um, but Sailor Moon was the first anime that I ever watched, okay. so that's definitely near and dear to my heart. Um, Outlaw Star was great. Loved Outlaw <laughs> Star. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch that. I loved. Okay, okay I, had I huge... have watched Outlaw Star multiple times. It. He hasn't watched it yet, and it's a I sin. I always saw the trailers when I was growing up, but I didn't have Cartoon Network, so I couldn't actually. Catch oh, it. you're gonna say dude. you're gonna say some gibberish, which is Fagua Sampa, and you're gonna say it a lot, and then you're gonna Fagua su- Sampa, Fagua Sampa. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. You're gonna you're gonna summon a ninja jutsu back before Naruto existed. Oh gosh, let me tell so you. Let me tell you something. Outlaw Star is awesome. It's very much like Cowboy Bebop, but but different. It's okay. it's different. Um, you know, Spike is a lot more chill than Gene Starwin. Gene Starwin's kind of a man whore. Okay. Um, which Absolutely. is, you know. If you mix like Tinchi and yes. Mixed, uh, yes. Spike, you would have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good example. Mm-hmm. It's a very good example. And and um, Malfina. Mm-hmm. I loved Malfina. Mm-hmm. And Gideon. <gasps> Gideon. Gideon was about, sorry. And Aisha Clan Clan. Yeah. Yes. Aisha Clan Clan. She's, uh, she's, she's a beast who flew around a ship that's also a tree. <laughs> You'll find it out. She's like, like, she's like part thing, cat, right? She's like a cat Oh, yeah, creature. and they turn into like yeah. weird werewolf things mm-hmm. when the moon comes out. It's a, it's a great we show. We should watch this. Oh. Um, another good show. See, there's just so many yeah. so many anime shows that I that I just love. What's another one that I was really, oh, that I was really, really into? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can't remember it right now. There's just too many. Oh, Bastard. Bastard oh, was yeah. an original one, mm-hmm. and that is an amazing show. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. I was so sad when they didn't add more shows but the animation was beautiful it was in the medieval renaissance era which mm-hmm. i love so it's just it was just so awesome i don't know if you've seen bastard i have not um it's definitely on 90s you can definitely tell it's like a total 90s <laughs> oh, anime yeah. and uh and then going way back is uh, fatal fury fatal fury okay. was awesome that's based off of the game king of fighters and, well, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. It's oh. awesome. It's really, really good. Um, but as far as what anime, how anime comes into my life, um, you know, I, I, I work with it. You know, that's pretty much all. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much now that you have time yeah. just yeah. to work with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I definitely want to touch on, uh, while we still have a little bit of time, sure. uh, 
finding out that the characters you're talking about that you've played, um, we've watched a lot of times in our anime coverage um, where the female character just gets completely written off. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at you, Naruto, when you're treating Sakura as not a real person in the first She's couple of seasons. Oh, it's yeah. so frustrating. Just as like, oh my god, Sasuke! Or yeah. every yeah. bit of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk about that a lot. So can you so, talk about it playing like... Uh, like playing strong female roles. Dude, we we actually just had a panel on this yesterday called Women in Anime, and it was mm -hmm. awesome because we were talking about how what's really cool is that there are a lot of opportunities for women in anime, and a lot of them, you know, will get the typical big boobed anime girl with yeah, you know you know yeah total fan service, <laughs> yeah. which I've done. I've done quite a few fan service shows. There's so much in anime. There's so much, yeah. There's so much, and some of them is actually some of them are really good. Like one of the shows that I've done is Testament of Sister New Devil, and okay. that's actually an etchy show, um, which I'm sure you know what etchy is, right? It's it's like it's not hentai. It's like um, it's just fan service mm -hmm. essentially, like boobs and rubbing and all that stuff. It's okay. really that's really all that it is. But it's a really cool show because the characters are beautiful. Beautiful. The story's awesome, and the animation is just great. It's it's really cool, but it's really nice when I get to play characters that are not stereotypically like, oh, I'm so in love with this guy, and I'm just gonna do everything for him. And I, I love the fact that I get to play these powerful characters, like Merlin, for example. Oh yeah, she is incredibly powerful. She took shit from nobody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she really doesn't, and nobody wants to mess with her. Mm -hmm. And she's so incredibly powerful, and yet she's also incredibly sexy. And it's not just because she barely wears anything. It's because she she it's because of her confidence. It's because of how she carries herself, mm -hmm. and it's also because she's incredibly intelligent, and she helps them get out of binds all the time so and I just love characters like that like Annie may be somewhat of an antagonist but she's still very powerful and she's still independent and strong and an amazing fighter and complex yeah. as fuck too exactly yeah, like yeah. That, that character when you when you watch that first season uh, other than just you know your main characters constantly screaming and crying the entire time <laughs> you like yeah. cut to the person that is calm, collected, and mm -hmm. knows what the fuck she's doing the whole time. Yeah. Yes. And also secretly knows what she's doing Exactly. The whole time. Exactly. That's and part of knowing what the fuck she's doing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she and... I th what's really interesting is that I think she and Mikasa are very similar in some ways. You know, I think she and Mikasa have had trauma in their lives mm -hmm. um but Gosh, yeah. you know but i think annie and we don't know yet because i i don't know yet because i haven't read the manga for one thing and they haven't gone over it in the anime mm -hmm. as far as i know i i haven't seen any of season three so but um you know with annie she was obviously trained from a very young age to be a martial artist to be good at fighting you know all that um, but we don't know why she was chosen, though. We don't know why this particular person was chosen, why she didn't get to have a childhood, nothing like that. Yeah. Which, to me, is really tragic. So when fans come up to me and they say, oh, so how does it feel to be the bad guy? I, I really don't see that. I don't see yeah. Annie as being the villain. I really do not. Yeah. I see... <clears throat> um, the character, like the Beast Titan, I see the Beast Titan being somewhat of a villain because they are aware and they have motives, ul ulterior motives. But I think Annie is just part of a, a, a bigger picture, mm -hmm. you know? She's like caught in a cycle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that that's like a hallmark of not only good character writing, but like it's a, it's a you know, kind of a, a kick to you. It's like a hallmark of good acting on the front of a villain. Yeah. Because like a villain we talked about on our show all the time, they're somebody who doesn't know that they're the villain, what they know is what they're doing is supposed to be correct. Sure. And everybody else needs to stop them, but they're like, what I'm doing in this moment is correct. Well, that's, it's like Thanos. Yeah. Exactly just going like, to say yeah. Thanos, yeah. Well, it's like He's Thanos. saving the universe, right. you guys. But it's in an awful way. Go for Thanos in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's like, but it's like, you know, he, he, he knows it's wrong, though. Yeah. He knows it's wrong, and he knows that he's killing half of the population, but he's doing it for in his mind the right reasons but yeah. that still doesn't make good. exactly mm -hmm. but that still to us doesn't make it okay yeah so you know it's 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 complex it's incredibly complex like we don't know we don't know why annie went against her friends we don't know why she decided to kill marco we don't know any of that all we know is is that she has a mission a mission that she was 
you know, a part of. Um, and clearly she was upset by it because if you guys remember in the last episode of the first season, the female Titan's head is ripped off and you see her in the, the nip of the neck, you know? Yeah. Um, and she's crying. Like, she's crying. So to me, what that says is she's had no choice in the matter. That's what oh, I see. Yeah. I see she was trained as a soldier from a very young age, so she has been trained to obey and don't ask questions, you know? And, yeah, so it's very complex, and I really hope that, I really hope after season three or during season three that she comes back because I really want to know more about her. I yeah. want to know more about her storyline. I want to know more about why she did what she did. Yeah. yeah. We don't have a lot of time left. Um, I wanted to just touch on the last thing before, like, how people can get in touch with you or follow sure. you. Um, I want to talk about what anime and anime conventions can do for girls, women, people that are not the white cis male. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What that can stand for for them or what that can do for them. I think think personally, you know, just... uh, It's so funny because I made a post about this and I don't usually make posts like this, but like, you know, I was feeling... I was having a down day, right? Mm. I was having a downer day. I just felt down. It happens. You know, we all get random bits of depression sometimes, right? It just happens as human beings. It's way more prevalent since 2016, but whatever. Exactly, right? (laughs) So on this particular day, I was just really sad and I was down. And I I just, I, when we're sad, the last thing we want to do is smile, right? The last thing we want to do is smile. We just want to be going through our own head, working through whatever we're going through. And I went to the gym and there was a very, very nice gentleman on the other side. And he pulled the whole, oh, you should smile, you know? And <laughs> Blake, Blake, has, Blake has rolled his eyes as hard as he fucking can. <laughs> and here's the thing, and I want this to be clear. I was not offended by him saying that. I wasn't offended because I understand what his intentions were. He was trying to cheer me up. I understand that. Yeah. But if you were to tell another guy, come on, smile for me, yeah. the other dude would be like, why the fuck are you telling me to smile, right. man? That's weird. It's like, mm-hmm. so I don't know where... In some in society, I don't know where people thought we can tell women to smile, you know, and I get it. Sometimes, sometimes it can force us to feel more positive feeling. It 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 works differently with people. I can't speak with for everyone, mm-hmm. but then on that particular day, I was just like, I don't want to smile, yeah. and if I don't smile for you, you're gonna think I'm a bitch because I'm want to be pissed off, yeah. and that's just not that's not how it works. But anyway, to answer your question. I think, I don't know, I think maybe there could be workshops taught on how to approach certain things, you know, and not even just for women, but for the LGBTQ community, you know, like there's so many transgendered friends that I have that people don't know anything about it, you know, and that's not their fault. They don't know. That's why you want to be educated, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think there should be a safe place for people to ask questions without feeling like they're offending someone, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I think there should be a safe place for, you know, transgendered in the LGBTQ community so they don't have to feel like they're outcasts or they don't have to feel like they don't belong or they're not part of that society, Mm -hmm. you know? I think there just needs to be more education, and I think anime cons are a perfect place to do that. Yeah, there's... there's, I've, I've heard so much about that, and especially, like, it's... It's great that anime conventions have have really been this place for people to just be people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't have to ask questions of everybody. You are the only question you should ask is like, "Can I take your my photo with yes. you?" Yes. Yeah. Because and you're also, in a bad cosplay, cosplay. Cosplay is not consent, though. <laughs> right. That is really important that you said that. Mm-hmm. Can I take your picture? And there are signs all over KomoriCon that say cosplay is not consent, which is ask. awesome. Yeah. Always yeah. ask. Yeah. Always ask. Just because there's a girl, beautiful, gorgeous girl, dressed in in like a a, a What's her name? Yuko? The uh, Gurren Lagan character. Uh, Yoko. Yoko. Yeah. Yoko. Just because there's a beautiful girl dressed as Yoko, who is a very wonderful, awesome character, badass and sexy all in one, mm-hmm. that doesn't give you permission to take a picture of her just because she's dressed that way. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. You always ask. You yeah. know, it's just. It's she just... might be doing it for her. Exactly. Not for it's yeah. proper etiquette. And, and unfortunately, there are so many photographers out there. Not everyone. I know many of ta- many talented photographers, but there are some really 
sleazy photographers that will go out and will abuse that. And it's yeah. awful and it's yeah. terrible, you know? And it's like you always ask, you yeah. know, always ask and just treat your models with respect, yeah. you know? So not to sound preachy or anything. Hell but, no. This is know. a good message. Yeah. And on that note, we, we're going to have to go. <laughs> but uh, seriously, uh, how? what is the best way to find you if they're trying to look you up on social media or trying to follow you? So um, the best way that I tell people is to go to my Twitter. And I know it's private, but you could still request me. I do still accept people. Um, it's Lauren underscore A underscore Landa. That is the only Twitter page for me. If there are any other pages out there that claim to be me, it is fake. So please do your homework, guys. Please don't just automatically assume that it's the legit person's page. Do yeah. research on it. That's awesome. very important. And that's awesome. Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Yes. Lauren. Yes. So um, awesome. Hit her up on Twitter and maybe you can follow her. And yes. thank you so much for thank you guys thanks for having a good chat thanks guys all right uh so we are at uh kumari con which is uh our first press con which is very exciting um we have uh our guest with us as well um can you introduce yourself real quick sure my name is lucian dodge uh, and i am a voice actor in anime video games and other media (laughs) Yeah. yeah we actually we took a look over everything um i I had a brief moment of like skimming really quick and I saw like Pokemon voice actor and I was like, oh, Blake's yeah. gonna freak out. Yeah, <laughs> I also have Fire Emblem Echo Shadows Valmia. So Fantastic, I know yeah, so you are familiar with, with the best character, Leon. Yeah. <laughs> you better be in your party every given he chance is. you get. Yeah. I should have turned the volume up from now on. Exactly, too. good. <laughs> you like yeah. see him come on screen and you're just like, all right, just take this up a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every team needs a little that that Leon style sass yeah. to it. Um, yeah, but um, can you tell us a little bit about um, how you got started uh, in voice acting? Sure, I'll uh, I'll try to give you the the abridged version version as it were. Um, basically, uh, it was it was through watching anime. Uh, to, to put it simply, I had the epiphany that there were voice actors by watching anime. I think I was watching (laughs) something and I went, wait, that voice sounds familiar. I think it reminds me of this other character. And then I kind of put two and two together. Probably Bloom. Uh, (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) He's in everything, isn't he? Actually, I think we're going back to like ADV films uh, with with Gunsmith Cats and Blue Seed and some of those titles. Yeah. Seven Back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I got in. I think it was so you'd have like ads on these old DBZ VHSs that I used to have. (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw like legitimately ones on the Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, VHSs that I had. It was just like right after like Cutie Honey played and like that. Yeah. (laughs) I remember remember on my, and we're talking VHS tapes, which to you, young one, (laughs) you, you young kid, you don't know what that means. Had to go over that in great detail in a Cowboy Bebop coverage episode. It used to be um, a film of tape what's it called? A little spindle or yeah. whatever. And so how do you transition from realizing that somebody has to speak these words to being the person who speaks the words? Well, um, I, when I had the epiphany, it kind of blew my mind, and, and I, it became an obsession, you know, to, to put it bluntly. And I, I needed to know everything there was to know about it, so... Uh, I went online and, you know, typed in, you know, voice acting and read articles and I think I bought a book on the subject. And during this whole process, I was also uh, recording my own voice, kind of getting a feel for, you know, how how do you do this? Um, how, how do you portray these characters with just your voice? Mm-hmm. And this is a very interesting premise. Uh, I... You know the, the the transition to it. What is doing that? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this is we're, we're every so often the audience is gonna be like, what's this? Deep, deep, boop, boop. It's like a little gnome at the door. Going, Lucian's Hello. actually doing Can some foley work in the background I, for us. Can I come in to your interview? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I did theater in school, uh, going back mm-hmm. to uh, you know early middle school or even uh, kindergarten I think they, they started us young yeah that was when they forced you into the play that was <laughs> it, it, truth, truth, 
truth be told, that was exactly right. <laughs> um, but it ended up being great for me because I was extremely, I say was, I, maybe not as much then, but uh, I, I was and, and still am to a certain extent an introverted uh, individual. Uh, I was deathly shy in, in my younger years and theater was a interesting way for me to there was something about playing a character on stage. It was like an extra protective uh, coat of armor. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't as nervous. Uh, I, I could be much more outgoing mm -hmm. playing a character than myself. So this was a, something that uh, over the years I kind of dis discovered a, a joy for. I had a lot of fun doing it. My mom was the one who saw me perform, it was, it was our eighth grade production of Moliere's The Phony Physician. Hmm. And I nice. was the lead in it, which it was a very verbose role. And my mom saw me perform in this play and was like, that is not the Lucian I know. He's so, <laughs> you know, uh, colorful and, and, you know, again, outgoing mm -hmm. that I really think there's something to this. So she's the one. She She's responsible yeah. for signing <laughs> up welcome, for... Her. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Gee. Thanks for nothing, I guess. Yeah. Got me, you know, in, in so many steps, you know, responsible for the seeds that led to me having this career that <laughs> yeah. I'm doing God, and enjoy. Damn it, Mom. Thanks, Thanks for Mom. the career. Wow. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you think that like one of one of the reasons you like kind of gravitated to voice acting was because of being introverted and knowing that you could like just portray to the microphone well, instead? I think it was an extension of my love for acting as I had been uh, involved with through theater. Mm -hmm. Voice acting was in some ways all of the things that I really loved about doing plays, as far as playing a character and, and that process. But there were also a lot of things that I enjoyed more about mm -hmm. voice acting. The fact that you can disappear into a character and, and not be confined or judged for superficial reasons for your appearance. Oh, yeah. That it's really, it comes down to whether you can create that character with your voice. Because um, the, the ear is a, is a really interesting thing, you know. It can, it can fill in so much information. Uh, just hearing someone's voice or hearing a, a, a piece of music and your mind can fill in this whole scene. And so I really loved that, uh, you know, that, that marriage between, you know, the, the, the voice talent and the person listening and together you, you create this really vivid character in the, the mind's ear, as I like to call it. Yeah. Uh, so... I just, I love that freedom. I loved getting to pl do a lot of different characters as a result, not just ones that, you know, well, I would never play that on stage or on camera, certainly. Yeah. Um, but for a voiceover role, you know, um, I, could, I could do that. I can create that illusion. So I just loved all of that and, and how creative you could be as a result. So from that point, I, I thought, well, this is kind of the best like this is I really love this so I really would like to do this cool yeah um, and everything's uh, from that point on was just a process of working at my craft and doing everything I could to make that my career okay um, and so speaking of your career we had a little primer on some of the roles that you've done from the blurb on the Khan website about you Mm -hmm. But uh, for our listeners, um, what are some of the roles that you have done, um, particularly more memorable roles or some of your favorite roles? Well, let's see. Off the top of my head, definitely have to say Waver Velvet and Fate Zero mm -hmm. was uh, just a great, great series. And there's so much uh, meat uh, there to, to really dig into. Um, Zoe's Sight and Sailor Moon was really fun and a very iconic role. Yeah, I know a lot of people got into <laughs> anime from Sailor Moon Sailor or Moon. Dragon Ball yeah. Z. We, we, one or the other. we take uh, suggestions of fans from like the, the next things that we are going to watch. And uh, I've gotten a lot of write-ins for like Sailor Moon. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, but if I picked up Sailor Moon, we would have to watch it. 
until we're dead. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is a lot, uh, a large commitment. I mean, yeah. that's that's how I feel about most TV these days. To, uh, these days, to be honest, yeah. yeah. Unless you get the quick uh, season. So you got some video games as well. Yeah, uh, Dust and Elysian Tale, uh, playing the name character Dust in that is a great indie title. Beautifully. Uh, hand-drawn animated style, uh, really fun, just made with a lot of love. Mm -hmm. That was a fantastic project to work on. Some, uh, some of the big titles I'm sure a lot of people have at least heard of, you know, your World of Warcraft or uh, Diablo, mm -hmm. done smaller parts in. Uh, Danganronpa, the uh, third iteration of that, uh, was a lot of fun playing Kibo. The, the <laughs> uh, mild-mannered, uh, very well-meaning robot who doesn't quite get uh, human behavior or all the nuances behind it, but he, <laughs> he tries. Yeah. Uh, he does his best. Um, we caught something interesting on your profile, too, that you had done some voice work for Logan? Yes. This is, yeah. Were you Absolutely. screaming in the background, or what well, was going yes, on? Well, yes, actually. <laughs> No, truly, that was most of my <laughs> my work on that was screaming. Um, well, so let me give let me give a spoiler warning here for the viewers. So okay. please, you know, fast forward to I don't know. I'll I'll give give the time code later. You can say when to tune back in. You'll um, figure it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so spoiler warning here. Um, but if you're okay with it, if if you've seen the film, I play. Now you two have seen. Yes. It? Okay. So. The clone, X-24, uh -huh. I believe it is, the, the Logan clone. Yeah. Is all of his feral screaming and, and, and grunts and everything is all me. What? All that's such, like, that's so much cooler than I thought. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like crowd scenes yes. or like a phone call. Which or it can be. I've done that, and there's no, you know, it, it all pays, you know, the, the same to an extent. Man, um, I want that. I want that just to be like on a on a reel somewhere. It's just like feral screaming provided by. Right. <laughs> Reading it like Rashad to throw that in at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. That so was cool. that was a really surreal workday because I had no idea what I was going in to do. Okay. I oh, know they said. What? Yeah, they said okay, Lucian, you've got to, you know, it's through my agent. They say okay, you've got a gig. It's at the Fox Studios lot or, you know, whatever it was. Uh, here's your call time. And I'm like, okay. I don't, you so know. So you just show up and they tell so you I showed the up. movie, the character, yeah. everything? Yeah. The, wow. I, I met, uh, how, his name was Don. How said, common is this? Um, you know, rather, rather common, I will say. Okay. Um, you know, there's so much secrecy. You know, certainly with a big film like that, they're, they're going to be a little bit tight-lipped about stuff. Um, you know, a lot of video games, especially the big AAA titles, they use code names a lot of the time because oh, they wow. don't want it to be revealed that, oh, actually, this is the third version of this really popular, you know, franchise. That's crazy. Uh, just to sense. Um, reduce the risk of information getting out. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, that will cause a lot of... They give you way more information when you're doing, like, dubs, though, right? Typically, yeah, because, you know, most of the time, that's already out somewhere. Yeah. Although, it's weird. Sometimes... Sometimes... I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on exactly the, the information that they're weird about. Some I know sometimes I'll get an email about something and I'll go, oh, but don't... Don't talk about this. I think it's a lot of the time it's for, uh, like, JRPGs or, you know, Japanese video games. Mm. They'll say, don't, don't talk about this, though. I'm like, well, it's already out in Japan. Anyone who right. Googles this will know that <laughs> yeah. this character dies. People whatever. who want to know will know. I guess, I don't know, just because they want it to be, you know, fresh maybe for the, that American audience. Maybe yeah. that's yeah. what that's about. But it's like, it's not really a secret for, the, for those who are looking for it. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, with dubs, because typically that's already been airing in Japan, mm -hmm. uh, you can find that information. And in fact, when I typically when I go in to record on an anime, I'll look up my character. Let's say you're playing so-and-so, mm -hmm. and I'll go, well, let me find a little footage yeah. <laughs> yeah. online of just, just to get an idea of uh, what, what this guy's about. Or, you know, there's a lot you can tell about how they look, 
how the character's been drawn, what their body language is, if they've got this kind of swagger and, mm -hmm. and, and kind of this lazy posture or whatever, and you go, okay, I kind of get what that's about, yeah. um, or, no, or what the Japanese actor has done. Uh, I'll take the essence of that, but I'll still try to do my own thing mm -hmm. with it. So, yeah, it's a typically there's less secrecy just because it's already a lot of it's public knowledge anyway. Yeah, I've I've always just been fascinated with like the the matching like the speech patterns, especially on the dubs, where it's just like you're having to watch like what what sort of articulation they're doing. So you're like, oh, do I have to match? You know. Like when to speak with like this person's like pausing patterns in right. Japanese. Right, some of most <laughs> of that you can't uh, you can't really prepare for in advance. You're figuring a lot of that out in advance. Uh, sorry, um, in the moment, and hopefully you have a script that's been well adapted. So they've mm -hmm. uh, you're being set up for success. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do what... It's funny, I just did this uh, panel with Monica Rial and Erica Mendez on uh, script adaptation and trying to avoid what we refer to in the business as shatnering the lines, <laughs> uh, where, you know, you have a character and there's oh God, a can pause. Can I an example? <laughs> you know, it's the thing where the, the person will be uh, just talking and suddenly they... We'll stop and then continue on. Awesome. Uh, and, you know, as a, as a writer, you try to write in those pauses so that it makes sense, so that if the person is maybe looking for the next part of what they want to say. You know, when I pause there, that's justified because mm -hmm. it felt more natural uh, as opposed to, you know, stopping at certain places and then continuing on to the next thing, yeah. and then that feels very awkward. So mm -hmm. hopefully you've, you have a script that uh, is going to be intuitive to perform. Yeah. Are I, you, sorry, are you watching the clip of your character while you're speaking the words? Or yes. You... So typically how they have it set up is that they'll, you'll have the script in the booth with your line. They'll preview it, which means they first play it in Japanese, and usually... Um, I'm like maybe partially looking at the animation, but I'm also, I'm mainly, I'm reading the line to get a idea for, you know, how much time do I need to take on this section here? The Japanese voice went boom, 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 and I'm reading along going, and that's why we need to go to this place and, oh, he's still talking. I ended the sentence, so I need to take a little more time and kind of just, okay. you know, a little more languid, perhaps. So I'm mm. making those adjustments. Um, and then I'm also trying to take cues from the animation, because if they're, you know, do this thing where they, they're talking and then suddenly they sit down in their chair, I'm like, okay, well, I want to have a physicality to that moment, because, you know, if you sit down, typically your voice kind of scrunches mm. a bit when you kind of, uh, again sort of sit down, little things like that, physicality, if the person's mm -hmm. getting hit somewhere at this line or taking a swing, just try to match that blocking. Okay. Well, that's really cool. I haven't really thought about that as, like, voice yeah. acting blocking. Yeah, I assumed it was just kind of a stand and deliver, yeah. like opera. Oh, no, I mean, if you watch me... <laughs> like uh, opera? Right. <laughs> I'm going to take a job real quick. Classical arts, take that, opera singers, you... <laughs> You lazy good-for-nothings, just standing there. Talented statues. Uh, I know, so talented. <laughs> no, if you watch me, if you, if you got had you know a, a little, if you were sitting in on a session or you had a little had a camera of me working uh, behind the mic, I do a lot of moving. Well, it's it, it's tricky because there's a certain technical aspect you have to do. You have to stand in a certain place. Like if I'm using this microphone as an example, mm -hmm. and I'm talking into it here, I can't just move around wherever <laughs> I like because then you can hear the voice sounds all weird. So you have to keep your head... So you're like a bubble. In it. Exactly. So yeah, within yeah, a certain, uh, you know, square inches, you got to keep it, you know, in, locked in place. But I can, you know, use my body and arms to really gesticulate and kind of uh, just squeeze in or throw myself uh, just to kind of get that, again, uh, sound to your voice. Because, yeah, yeah. I, I could go, huh! Huh. And it's like, I think yeah, heard some of those yeah, yes. but that's that's different than getting a, you know, really, oh, 
you know, really yeah. kind of throwing yourself, it really creates a different yeah. effect. Primal screams provided by. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. yeah. Talking to Wolverine's yeah. clone. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. We're oh, talking I was. Shit. That like was a MPR, Like NPR <laughs> notes. <laughs> oh, we're so, going to be talking today. Same to too. Yeah. Oh, I was throwing myself all over the place for that. It's a lot of yeah. big, just big moments and swiping and things. Yeah, at that point they should hurt. just put a microphone on your face. Like they yeah, do on stage, sometimes they do. Go. I've done, He's going to Britney Spears it all the yeah, way. Uh-huh. Uh, I've done some video games where they have the, you know, the, the typical mic set up, but also they have a little, you'll like wear a hat with a little mic that kind of goes over yeah. the front of your head, which is, yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah, I think. Do they have you in like a wait? They're not doing like mocap or anything. They're just no, not for that. But sometimes, just for voice? yeah, not yeah, just for voice. What? Uh, it's just another That's way, cool. I guess, to pick up your voice. I don't know what the uh, exact. You'd have to ask an engineer. Like <laughs> you, know, they, you get the best quality. They match the two together, and it gets the best uh, sounding uh, recording. I don't know. Uh, it's it's. Not my exact area of expertise. Yeah, well, we're we're watching the the clock sort of uh, count down, down here. Yeah. Two minutes. Um, I've got one more that I want. Sure, I think you got the last question. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Lightning so round. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the anime industry as a voice actor. A lot of fans have grown up with like Dragon Ball Z or whatever, and transitioned into big anime fans. Some of which watch the Japanese, some of which watch the dub in various different formats and delivery systems. So how long have you been at this, and how have you seen the industry change over time based on those factors? You know, I mean, if I'm, if I'm using the point when I moved to New York City is maybe when I you know, really, really put things into high gear and said, yeah, let's, let's do this, let's make this happen. Uh, as a as a career, <laughs> and not just something I'm you know dabbling and I'm doing some amateur projects for practice. Uh, it's got to be 15 plus years now okay. that I've been oh, doing wow. this. Um, as w- ways the industry has changed, I mean, in in a lot of ways it really hasn't from my perspective. I mean, just as far as the process, it's a lot of it is. Um, been pretty much the same since I started working on it. I mean, I I was I didn't get into it when they were doing. You know, we were talking about VHS, you know, and antiquated technology at this point. Yeah. You now they used to do these things on big reel to reels, and you didn't have Pro Tools, and you couldn't slide things around to make it sync just right. Uh, it, it was a much more uh, technical. I mean, it still is the technical process, but it was just in some ways it was even more difficult. So yeah. I didn't even get into it at that point. So I had the luxury of. Pro Tools and digital technology and editing. <laughs> um, you know, with, I, I would say, maybe with the whole kind of Netflix culture and how much stuff they put on all the time and, and simul dubs, that's a, that's a somewhat more new yeah. uh, thing. So sometimes things get localized very quickly and that's challenging in a, to, to a great degree. Just, I don't doing it quickly and well. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's it's a lot to ask, and yeah. I can't say it always works for the best of the product, but it seems to be a, a trend, or a, you know, but how how they want to do things. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, I think we're out of time, but it was awesome, awesome, awesome yeah, to meet you, you, and uh, thanks for chatting with us. Absolutely, it's yeah, my pleasure. You. All right. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.